Before we start, I would like to say a huge thank you to Aubrey Hairston, who is our new supporter on Patreon. Thank you so much, Aubrey. It really means a lot. And if you'd like the chance to win some great prizes, including an official LFC shirt with anyone you like's name on the back, head over to patreon.com stroke cop on podcast for details and pledge as skimpy an amount as one dollar a month and i will read out your name next week as well welcome to episode seven of cop on as the bloodthirsty blades of Liverpool FC's Combine Harvester thunder inexorably closer towards Paris Saint-Germain at Anfield on Tuesday, we start this show by having a little peek in the wing mirror at the mangled mess of the Hotspurs of Tottenham in our wake. Joining me is Jamie Connolly from Los Angeles. So, Jamie, um, I'm sure you're... As delighted as I am and as optimistic as I am and you have envisions of the club sculptor padlocked himself away in a room somewhere and he's chipping away at the marble for the statue we're going to make of Jurgen Klopp once we win the quadruple this season. We're going to win the quadruple, aren't we? I mean, yeah, obviously. And then uh, we'll... We'll obviously pick up the most important tournament, which is the Charity Shield next year as well. So that's one we've been we've been waiting to win since Rafa left. Um, I'm delighted, Owen. It's five from five. We've won a game away against one of our top four competitors. We possibly haven't hit top gear yet, or hopefully haven't hit top gear yet. But we feel like we're we're really in a great moment to quote a Kloppism. And also this game, for me, I thought was a really, really important game. Not only because it's against Tottenham, Tottenham away, but it's the first game in this really tricky run. And if we'd lost this game or dropped points in this game, all future games would be coloured by that one. So, for example, if we drop points in the next league game, it would be, oh, that's two games in a row. If we don't beat PSG, that would be two games in one week where we, where we didn't pick up maximum points. So it was really important to get this win. We got it, and I'm so excited now for the rest of this month because we've got some great games coming up. It's, uh, I mean, it's marvellous, isn't it? Uh, so let's uh, let's have a look at some uh, general stats for the game. Um, Possession-wise, Spurs had 60, we had 40%. Um, shots, they had 11, we had 17 in total. Uh, they only had three shots on target, and we had... 10 um and xg very important xg if you're that way inclined uh and uh, spurs had 0.9 liverpool 3.4 corners they had five we had four fouls they committed 17 fouls and we committed 16 so they shaded it i like it when we win the fouls but anyway any st- <laughs> any stats uh, jump out at you from that list jamie um there are two things really one is it just sort of jumped to mind that we both scored a corner which uh, i think every team is convinced that their teams are dreadful or every fan is convinced that their team is dreadful at corners but uh, often it's the defenders who are the cause not the the people actually attacking. Um, 
But the other comment I had was going to be on the possession stat, where we had 40% of possession, and it may be a, a new model for our away games against the big four teams, one where we're compact, where we break quickly, but actually we really let Spurs have the ball. And I looked at the heat map for this game, and because that Spurs had so much possession, I was interested to see where they had their possession. And the area around our 18-yard box was completely blue. They barely touched the ball in our area. So perhaps we're doing now to what some teams have done to us, which is fine. If you want the ball in your half, you can have it. We will wait for you to make a mistake, and we will pounce. And we pounced on a lot of Spurs mistakes and could have had a lot more goals. Um, but I think that could be one to look out for for the future. Yes, very good. It's all very good, all very positive stuff. Uh, our first goal indeed came from a corner. Uh, when it was swung in, there were three Liverpool players around the keeper, including the big, beautiful Virgil van Dijk, who stood there, colossus-like, an immovable object causing problems and the ball skimmed off Michael Vaughan's knuckles backwards uh, Eric Dyer messed up his clearing header went straight to Vijnaldum who nodded it in it was his first away goal in the Premier League famously had been roughly 56 uh, away matches in the Premier League for him so one goal in all those well done Genie for finally breaking that duck uh, and uh what do, you, what do you think about this goal, Jamie? And uh, more generally, goals from midfield, because I was delighted we had a midfielder on the score sheet yesterday. Okay, The corner came from a really bad pass from Ericsson, that back header which Manny picked up on, and he won the corner. And it was fairly typical of the game. We got chances from Spurs giving us the ball. But in the game that in the, over the course of the game, Spurs actually gave away the ball 21 times to R23 times. I think what's more important is of the 23 times that we gave the ball away, we gave it away 14 times in our own half, but of the 21 times Spurs gave the ball away, it was 18 times in their half, um, including, of course, the header to Genie for him to knock it back in, the poor header from Eric Dyer for Genie to score. And I think, actually, it shows that we're not only less sloppy at the back. I mean, some of the balls we give away are long balls from Trent looking for, for Salah. So it's not really that bad that we're, we're not retaining possession 100% of the time. But also that when we do make a mistake, it's a lot less costly. As for goals from midfield, obviously delighted for Genie that he scored. And it is important that our midfielders are chipping in to ease the load off our strikers. Uh, I thought it was interesting because I think we expect Cater to be the one who does the bulk of this work to compare himself and Coutinho, who was obviously a key chance creator and goal scorer for us. Um, even though he left in January, Coutinho was still the third top league scorer in our team. He had an average of 3.9 shots per game and 2.8 dribbles per game. Um, Obviously, in those 3.9 shots per game, we can discount the drag shots from outside the area, but he was still a very important attacking player for us. Uh, Navi, so far, has 1.4 shots per game. He has 0.6 key passes and 0.6 dribbles. Um, so he's not quite reaching the numbers we'd expect from him, but also he's new to this league, new to this team, 
new to Jurgen Klopp, and I'm sure we've seen enough from him that we can be confident that those numbers will pick up very soon. Okay, so speaking about Cater, uh, to go slightly off piste from the agenda I had planned, but I love it. I love it. Um, Babu Yagu on Twitter is one of my favourite Twitter accounts. He posts some wonderful stats and analysis of Liverpool. Uh, and he said pretty much the same thing, that, yeah, his his numbers are down in terms of dribbles and chances created and uh, how many shots per 90 um, is Naby Keita. But then if we look at the expected goals build-up um, from understat.com, uh, Babu Yagi writes in his latest piece for Sports Kida, you should check it out, on understat.com, the expected goals involvement for all the attacking chances he is involved in where he does not make the assisting pass or the final shot. He's gone way up from 0.23 per 90 to 2.16 per 90 and his passing accuracy is also up and there's a reduction in long passes from 1.5 per game to 0.6 per game. So this tells me that Cater is being asked to play a little bit deeper, a little bit shorter, a little bit, you know, and maybe he's a, he's still getting used to the team a bit, but he's still, some of his stats are down, but some of them are up, and he's still, I think he's still doing quite well. Um, but anyway, the second goal, from yesterday was uh, Bobby Firmino's. This was this was something joyous. I was I was I was filled with joy at this goal. Um, how did you feel about it at the time? I'm always filled with joy when Bobby scores. I'm absolutely delighted for him. I think that it's the kind of goal which is becoming very common for this front three. One in which we release someone out wide. It's similar in some ways even to the goal that was disallowed. Someone's released out wide, a great cross-in that causes panic in the defence. And obviously much happier that Bobby's one who scored than allowing Batonga to have the own goal. And I think it is something where we're really penetrating down the flanks, but our crosses aren't random. They're not arbitrary. We're not just putting it into the the so-called danger zone. People are being picked out and it's creating great chances and beautiful-looking goals. Or, in this case, perhaps not the most beautiful goal, but still a fantastic goal to watch. Oh, I thought it was. I disagree. I thought it was beautiful. I was... I was. I mean, I had a, the same reaction to the first time I saw uh, Venus de Milo at the Louvre Museum here in Paris. I mean, I thought it was absolutely... It was beautiful, and it made me so happy to be there and to witness it. Um, it came from Andy Robertson's great ball as a sort of a, a chipped ball down the left-hand side, which took out three players and left Mane one-on-one against Trippier. And, uh, um, you know, in highlights packages, you don't really get to see often this pass, but if you can watch it back, it's a lovely ball from Robertson. And then I loved the way Mane just drew Trippier in and then burst past him, bolting away like a wild Colt, lovely, and uh, you know Bobby's. That was the easiest goal of his or anyone else's career, and he deserves it. Uh, and he's been on Instagram. Did you see the horrible eye injury he had? I did, and actually, I saw someone on Twitter. I wish they could give them credit, saying that he'll be scoring no-look goals for the foreseeable future. Very nice, love it. 
Very good. Um, but uh, no, thankfully, he's okay. He said that on Instagram. I'll try and find the quote for you. Yeah, he said, it was just a scare. My eye is okay, and so am I. Thank you for all the support and see you soon. So I don't know if that's going to be PSG on Tuesday. I hope so. So do you. But, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, the most important thing is that it's not, uh, it's nothing serious. Um, Tottenham's goal. The ball was swung in from a corner. Henderson and Joe Gomez both missed their clearing headers. Lamela was unmarked at the back post and he had time, if you watch it again, he chests it up and it sort of loops all the way up until it lands at the point where he can volley it and he has all of that time before he's closed down by Daniel Sturridge who turned his back, Virgil van Dijk turned their backs and so I counted with the missed headers that makes four mistakes but I hate people turning their backs, I despise people turning their backs you can't get hit in the balls if you haven't grown a pair in the first place can you professionals? What did you make of that goal and our defending in general throughout the match Jamie which I thought was pretty good? Yeah I think the two goals we've conceded this season don't really tell the story of the way we've been defending because both goals have been sloppy and you know, there's been plenty of errors in the build-up to them. Obviously, Allison's was possibly more noticeable than the four mistakes you've highlighted there. But our defence in general has been really good. I mean, everyone's talking... Everyone, in, everyone could see the benefits of the Van Dijk and Gomez partnership as that grows. And to look at the expected goals against us for this season, we are averaging a mighty 0.6 a game, which is really quite impressive. And if we keep up at that rate, then that will be a fantastic thing for the season. 0.6 a game. Wow. That's, that really is incredible. Um, that's the thing that I've... I've really, that's the most pleasing thing for me this season is the way we've defended in general. I mean, they had three shots, Tottenham, you know, think about it. They started with uh, with Ericsson and, and with Kane, no Deli Alley, but he's been a bit off form this season anyway. Um, but they had, they've got some great attackers and uh, three shots on target is totally amazing. Yeah, totally amazing. Other, other notable moments in the match... Um, it was a good start, I thought. Yeah, it was a great start. I mean, we had a few chances. There were a lot of... Spurs were dreadful. I mean, they really gave us a few uh, a few very clear opportunities. There was one in particular where Firmino just couldn't turn. And if he could have turned more quickly, he would have put Mane, on, Mane through one-on-one. And that was about... I think that's the, the three-on-two you mentioned in, in the agenda. And we really had a few great chances before we scored. But also I enjoyed the fact that we didn't panic. We had a lot of chances which we didn't put away. But at no moment did it feel like, oh, here we go. One of those days, we're not going to score. But instead, we just kept at it and grounds first down until we got our goal. Is there anything to worry about in attack for us? I mean, the fact that we did, yes. I mean, we we missed uh, a three on two. The one I was wrote in the agenda was a bit later. Uh, and uh, then there was a four on three after that. Um, but, uh, you know, is, is, you know, Salah's one on one. And is, is there anything to worry about or not? Um, I think we, everyone can see that we've been, less or slightly more wasteful at the start of the season than we were at the end of last season 
Um, I think we also have to take into account the the rhythm of the team at that time versus one that's just come back from a tiring summer in a World Cup. But I did have a look at our attack in some detail after this first five games. So last year in the Premier League, our attackers had the following goals per game. So Salah had 32 goals and 34 starts. That's 0.94 goals a game. Mane had 10 in 28 so 0.36 goals a game, and Firmino 15 and 32, so 0.47. And this year, Mo has two goals in five, so that's 0.4 goals a game. Uh, Mane has four goals in five, so that's 0.8 goals a game. And Firmino also two goals in five, so 0.4 goals a game. So you can see that Salah and Firmino have dropped off slightly. Uh, It's obviously very exciting to see Mane's goals per game increase so rapidly Um, and then I also looked at the amount of shots they had per per game to see how many shots attempted were leading to a goal per striker so last year one in four shots for Mo Salah hit the back of the net this year it's down to one in ten Mane last year was one in six this year it's one in five and Firmino has moved from 1 in 4 to 1 in 5 as well. So we are seeing some drift. But these don't tell the whole story because expected goals is another thing we always have to consider. And last year, our expected goals were 77-4 and 36 against in the league. But in reality, we scored 84, which is really quite incredible. Whereas this year, we've scored 13 goals and our expected goals is 11. So we're performing better than expected goals, but not quite so dramatically. But what's really exciting for me is that last year, our expected goals conceded was 36, we conceded 38. This year, our expected goals conceded is all the way down to 0.6 per game, and that is really quite incredible. So I'm very excited about this. So perhaps our attack is reverting to the mean. Perhaps they'll finish closer to this expected goals number this year. But if we're bringing down the goals conceded, I think we'll be in a great position come the end of the year. That's amazing. I'm trying to work it out in my head. That's that's some really good information there. Um, But that's 0.6 per game if that's averaged out over a 38-game season. So that's roughly, I don't know, 21 goals conceded all season, 22, something like that. Wow extraordinary time to be a Reds fan um I also think I mean in terms of the stats I think they will change the attacking stats will change as we go into the season one of my favorite expressions from um the greatest writer apart from Shakespeare in the English language PG Woodhouse is mid-season form when you hit mid-season form that's when everything and we're going to crush people once we get into the rhythm uh, and I think we'll easily score five goals at least three times this season there's a bold prediction anyway um, yeah Spurs didn't have a single clear cut chance in the first half What's the highlights? There's nothing from Spurs in the first half. It's absolutely amazing. Then going into the second half, of course, early on, Lucas Moura hit the post. Uh, Any thoughts on that, Jamie? 
I mean, Lucas Moura, we've both lived in Paris, we've both seen him play for PSG. He got away from our defence the way we've seen so many times before, and he really should have hit the target. And we probably got a little bit lucky there, but sometimes you have to ride your luck. Well, yes, you do. Um, And uh, another lucky point right at the end of the game, and this one I'm delighted about. I'm I'm delighted that VAR does not exist yet in the Premier League because we got away with one. Do you know what I'm talking about, Jamie? You're talking about the the Sun penalty appeal at the end of the at the end of the match, and uh, which for me, for me, sorry to interrupt, but for me it was definitely a penalty. Definitely a penalty. Um, I've seen them given. Um, I think he can feel he, he's a fantastic player. I'd love him. I'd love if he was a Liverpool player, but um, I think he can feel slightly aggrieved. But given the the bad luck we've had with penalties over the past two years. Um, I'm very happy that we got away with that one. All right, then. So the last thing then from this beautiful match yesterday, we were lucky that Loris didn't play in the end, as well as Deli Ali, uh, I think. But um, finally, Jamie, wh- who was who was your man of the match? I mean, I think my man of the match is someone who showed to be a real evergreen for the past two years now. Uh, it was James Milner and... I think he's playing himself into undroppable form. Um, and we'll have to watch out that he doesn't get tired, but he is, he's covering a lot of ground. He's making an incredible amount of passes. It feels like he's making a lot of blocks and tackles and part of this turning the ball over from defence very quickly. And it's brilliant to watch. Yes, I 100% agree with you. James Milner, James Millie Milner, the revelation of the season... Neymar's quaking in his boots on Tuesday. There were some lovely stats on Sky Sports. Uh, the James Milner finished uh, first in the rankings for distance covered, passes in the opposition half, number of crosses and number of chances created in the match yesterday, which is pretty much exactly what you want from a number eight style uh, Klopp inspired midfielder and congratulations to him because he is an animal he's a beast he's a tornado he's a typhoon he's a creative wizard and we love him um okay quickly then psg what's going to happen on tuesday ah psg (laughs) we both know them so well and you more than me, given your, your personal experience with the club. I mean, they've played five games in the league. They've scored 17, four against, five points clear. It's same old, same old. Um, maybe we can get some hope from the fact they've conceded three goals in two away games. And they even got a red card. So those are against Nîmes and Gangon, who are 10th and 20th respectively. So maybe they are slightly leaky away from home. And if their defence isn't on form, we can really put them to the sword. Um, and last time they had an English team in their group, they didn't beat them home or away, and it was only Arsenal. And that was two years ago. So they're a very good team. I think it'll be a great match, and I still do think we can get a result against them. Thank you so much to Jamie for joining us and giving us so many great stats to ponder. Now, picture this, dear listener, for this It's true. 
The world in which we drink, laugh, dance, cry, puke, fart and watch football has a surface area of 510 million square kilometres. Around 148 of those is not covered by water, but just 243 of those is dedicated to the city of Turku in the southwest coast of Finland. Our next guest, a lovely man called Jussi Heikinen, lives there, and he sings marvellous songs about Liverpool players. Follow him on Twitter at Jussi underscore Heikinen, that's J-U-S-S-I underscore H-E-I-K-K-I-N-E-N. Unfortunately, due to technical difficulties with both the equipment and my brain, you're going to have to hear me singing the first part of Jussi's lovely Sadio Mani tribute. Before Lady Gaga, there was Radio Gaga. After both of them, maybe there's this. All we hear is Sadie or Manny, Sadie or Manny, Sadie or Manny. Sadie what's new? Sadie Liverpool I think it's great. I think that's super. That's a wonderful song. Yeah, thank you so much for singing that, Yussi. And uh, you've but you've written a few of them, haven't you? You've written. Do you have any other songs for other players? Like fifteen there. I have a YouTube account. People haven't really found it yet, so so there are not many people have have even visited it. But if you find me on Twitter, I've got a link from my Twitter page. Um, okay, so I mean, do you have any favourites of the other ones that you've? I think Bobby, of course, yeah. Uh, Bobby is my favourite player, also. But 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 the uh, chant is <laughs> made from uh, my favourite band, Foo Fighters, and they have this song called "My Hero," and uh, it's just really something that really uh, speaks to me because uh, that's my favourite band, my favourite player, and. It works a treat. Well, go on then. Can you sing it for us? There goes my hero, Bobby Firmino. Oh, oh, oh. my unsung hero, Bobby Firmino. Oh, oh, oh. And then it just goes on and on and on, you know. Well, that's fantastic. I love it. I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face. Thank you very much. That's absolutely wonderful. I think Excellent. that's the most popular one on, on Twitter because yeah, it, got, it, it was all, all, already getting some serious uh, listens on, 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 the, on the day I wrote it and, and, and sent it. But then really luckily, uh, Bobby signed his contract on Sunday and I had written it on Friday. So it was just amazing it started going again after having a small small uh you know like uh gap there like between like yeah, yeah yeah like it did yeah well i think it's super i think it's super well done um so i um, mean talking about liverpool and uh you know where, where did you watch the match yesterday i went to my local which i've been going to since i moved to turku in uh, oh well the bar was uh founded I think 2000 and that's when I started going there because it was just next door 
from my house. I don't even li- live close to it anymore, but still I go to the same place because it's, it's got the best atmosphere here, even if it's not only a Liverpool bar, but still, you know, uh, there are quite a few Liverpool fans, and I think Liverpool is the most supported club in, uh, in, in there. But uh, I suppose it's really, really... Uh, common to suppose uh, uh, so to support Liverpool anyway because of Sami and uh, Yari back in the day playing for Liverpool. So I think they are the yes. big influence. Of course, Yari Litmanen and and Sami Hippier, of course, yeah, two Finnish football legends, of course. Very good. And uh, but this season's been been particularly enjoyable, hasn't it? I'm sure that Sami and Yari are as delighted as we are, really, with it all. Um, what? What what have you enjoyed most about this season? It's only defending, I'd say. Uh, we've only conceded two goals, and even well, yesterday it was it felt a bit even against the play. What happened previous seasons was also happening sometimes that they wouldn't have many shots, but they'd score the opponents. But now it seems like it's not a problem anymore. You don't have to be so. I wasn't that worried even after they scored, because I felt like, well, that's, there was just a lucky coincidence, really. Yeah, that's it. Defending. Solid defending. Why? Well, yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good point. It makes such a difference. I mean, do do you think now with, with Joe Gomez talking about that, do you think, now that he's moved into the centre, do you think we have enough cover? I mean, if, the, imagine the worst happens and Virgil van Dijk gets injured, okay? That is a horrible thought, but let's let's just think about that for a moment. Would you trust Lovren and Gomez to step in? Well, <laughs> it's very hard to replace the best defender in the league, obviously. In the world, in the universe. And yes, that that that's the truth, and uh, he so, seems to be making everyone else play better when he plays with them. So, uh, Lovren. And Gomez could be, I'm not saying that neither one of them is, is a good player, but I'm not sure if they are the kind of leader that Van Dijk is. The, the kind, that kind of leader, well, I, I don't suppose anyone else in our team can take that place. Well, there is some sort of cover, but, but, but the dip would be immense if he'd be off after last season's performance and the start we've had. And I think PSG are, are probably more worried about that game than us. And uh, I don't know. I have, uh, in all honesty, I haven't been watching PSG play this season at all, so I don't know what to expect. But I, I, I'm not even sure where they are in the league, which, which of course, is uh, not the same, same category as Premier League anyway, so... We, we should feel quite comfortable, or uh, at, at least some, some, somehow... Uh, you know, uh, comfortable with with the idea of beating them. I don't know. Well, that's. I mean, uh, good. I like. I like the optimi- optimism. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for that and uh, for the rest of the season, are are we going to win the league? You see, is this our year? Oh, that's a tough one. But it, it, well, it, it, we certainly have a better better chance than any year that I've been watching Premier League. I think this could be a year. It it certainly could. Because if we if we defend like we have been, and why wouldn't we? 
unless that's what you said would have was was to happen but let's not even talk about it anymore but anyway <laughs> when our attack gets going the way they can i i'm sure we're going to be destroying teams and that's going and these four nils and five nils will will start flowing sometime mm, yes and may our attack start flowing very soon and flow faster than champagne at a billionaire's wedding. Next up, I spoke to Paris Saint-Germain fan Olivier Sauvage about our upcoming game on Tuesday. I first asked him about the start to the season. PSG have started the season very well. First, you crushed Monaco 4-0 in the French equivalent of the Community Shield. Since then, in the league, you've played 5-1-5, beating Caen, Guingamp, Angers, Nîmes, and on Friday, Saint-Étienne. So, Olivier, thank you so much for joining me. How do you feel about the start to the season for Paris Saint-Germain? And especially, how do you feel about your new manager, Thomas Tuchel? It's it's the same thing that uh, the older season, because uh, last season, I I remember that PSG won uh, the first six matches, and I think for for PSG the, the the league one is so easy to to PSG because uh, against Saint Etienne uh, PSG played uh, without Neymar and uh, Mbappe and uh, and it was four four nil wasn't it four zero yes it's it I think it's it's so easy okay and uh, do you notice any difference in the style with the new manager uh, yes you can see. Some differences against um, Unai Emery because Tuchel changed his uh, system during the match. Okay, from what to what? Like a like three at the back, for example. Three centre backs at the beginning. He decided to play uh, with four uh, defenders and uh, four and three midfielders, three attackers. Okay, so what formation will will uh, Thomas Tuchel choose against Liverpool. I think he choose four two three one. Okay, and the w- with which players? So you have uh, Ariola in goal. Goalkeeper Ariola. Okay. Uh, defenders uh, right back Meunier. Centre backs uh, Silva and Marquinhos. And left back Kimpembe. Okay, he's normally a central defender though. Kimpembe. Has he played at left back before? Yes. Yeah, and he can he can play. I think he can he can play uh, everywhere. <laughs> it's a it's it's a young player, but a, a very good player with a lot of um, uh, character. Uh-huh. I think it's it's a real uh, warrior. Kipembe uh, has desire to to win with uh, with PSG. I think. Okay, and what about the midfield? Midfield, I think I think Rebio. Rabio and maybe uh, Jara Verratti is uh, suspended. Okay, uh, maybe with Rabio and Verratti, I think the, the match uh, will be uh, different. But Verratti uh, will be out. Well, that's good news for Liverpool. He's a fantastic player, Marco Verratti. But uh, okay, and what about your uh, attacking midfielders and Di Maria on left, uh, Mbappe on right, Neymar in in uh, centre at top. Cavani. Okay, great. And uh, Kylian Mbappe, he he uh, didn't start in the last league match against Saint-Étienne 
last Friday because he had a red card against Nîmes. What happened? Was that like a horrible tackle or what did he do? Yes, it, it, it was, it was um, the end of the, of the match, additional time, and um, Mbappé uh, took the ball and he, he, ran, he, ran, he ran fast. And the defender, or I think it was maybe a, a midfielder, I don't know exactly, but okay. it chopped Mbappé down. After the tackle, Mbappé stood up and he was very angry and he, put, he pushed. Uh, the other, uh, the other, uh, the um, Nîmes player. Okay, well, thank you. I mean, I heard that the the Nîmes player got 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 a five match ban for that tackle, and Mbappe three matches. Yes, but Mbappe uh, will be uh, rejudged by the commission, and maybe maybe Mbappe uh, will be uh, have uh, four or five matches uh, out. Do do Paris have any weaknesses now? Yeah, the mid the midfielder. Yes, because uh, PSG doesn't have midfielders with uh, vision, ex- except maybe uh, Verratti. I think that uh, midfield is the biggest weakness for Paris. At the beginning of the season, I think that uh, uh, the goalkeeping area will be under the uh, the level. But uh, with France and uh, with PSG, he had a very good uh, prestation, uh, very good matches. And I think um, it will be okay against uh, Liverpool, I hope. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, what do you think about PSG's chances of winning the Champions League this season? Uh, honesty, <laughs> I think uh, PSG doesn't have the chance to win the Champions League this season with is uh, middle of uh, midfielders. I think you have the chance to win Champions League with very good attackers, very good defenders, and also very good um, midfielder. I think you you need to have a free free top level, and PSG doesn't have a good uh, a good midfielder this year. I don't understand why. Uh, PSG decided to to buy a German player, very competitive team, and uh, I don't understand why. Okay, so you don't seem particularly like you're a big fan of Adrian Rabiot, um, but there have been lots of rumours that uh, you know perhaps he might sign for Liverpool next summer. Um, would you be sad to see him go? Or not? I think that uh, Rabiot uh, is a good player with uh, maybe uh, Verratti or, uh, or uh, Mota. But alone, without uh, ID, without... Uh, um, no, I think it's not a, 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 great, uh, a great player. And if, if Liverpool uh, wants to, to have Rabiot next uh, summer, it's okay. <laughs> Okay, the final thing, what's your score prediction on Tuesday? Uh, I think Liverpool uh, will win maybe 2-1 or 2-0. Wow. Okay, you're pessimistic. PSG doesn't have Verratti. And without Verratti, I think it was very... No, it would be very... uh, very difficult to to have an an, uh, an organization in the middle um, in the middle. 
And thus, my piping hot love crumpets, that's all the butter I've got to slather you with today. An avalanche-inducing thank you to all my guests, Jamie, Yussi, and Olivier. As usual, you could send your ransom notes, malware, and injury claims to coponpodcast at gmail.com or stalk us on Twitter at coponpodcast. The Reds keep winning. The Combine Harvester keeps rolling on. I'll be back on the other side of the PSG match, so enjoy that one. It should be stupendous. Au revoir for now, me lovers. Au revoir. A bientôt. Enjoy.